0: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. After a decade of researching the Royal Archives, the award-winning and New York Times bestselling author of Christianity, Dermot McCulloch has emerged with the most thoroughly researched and complete biography of Thomas Cromwell, a polarizing political figure most known for his unwavering service to volatile King Henry VIII and his hand in the Reformation. Thomas Cromwell, A Revolutionary Life. The book sheds light onto a fascinating part of history, one that helped shape the course of English politics and the future of Protestant religion. Dermot McCulloch is professor of the history of the church, ...at Oxford University. His books include Thomas Cranmer, A Life, which won the Whitbread Biography Prize, the James Tate Black Prize, and the Duff Cooper Prize, the Reformation A History winner of the National Book Critics Circle Award, and the Wilson Prize, and Christianity, the first 3,000 years, a New York Times bestseller that won the Kendall Prize in history. An Anglican deacon knighted in 2012... He has presented many highly celebrated documentaries for television and radio, makes his home in Oxford, England. Happy to have Dermot McCullagh join me now. You've written many books about the Tudor era. What fascinates you about that period in history?
1: It's one of the great turning points in the story of England and then further out from England, the United Kingdom, and also the United States. Without the Protestant Reformation in England, you, you can't imagine United States as it developed out of England's colonies uh, across the Atlantic. So it all started in the 16th century, and uh, actually, really, the segment of the 16th century where you can see the changes happening is the 1530s, and that's the decade which spanned Thomas Cromwell's public career. So um, I started thinking about this when I was a student, well, nearly half a century ago, and um, started studying the Tudors then and um, took up that subject uh, for my doctoral thesis. And uh, over the years, I've expanded uh, and, and got to know that other society. And that, that's that the fascination in applying all the knowledge I'd built up of the people and who they were and how they related each other. And at the end of it all, who better to uh, sum that up than the, the life Cromwell, who knew so many of them and changed their lives so much.
0: You are the first biographer to write about Cromwell's childhood and early life in detail. Why was this an important aspect of understanding the powerful, influential well, man?
1: Well, I've done my best, and the best you can do is, is the, the life of someone who was really obscure when they were young. But the importance of that is that every life is shaped by your early years. You, 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 you are shaped by... Uh, the things uh, which happened to you at that stage, uh, by the who your parents are, and and the big fact in all that is just how obscure both the Cromwells were and the little village of Putney, from which they came. Uh, so it was fascinating to tease out what uh, you could say about these early years and what you couldn't, and uh, what I learned during the course of my research is that a lot of things we thought we knew about this Cromwell family were actually made up, made up in the 19th century by uh, a local historian who seemed to just do it for the the sheer hell of it. And and so you had to clear out all the sort of conventional things which historians, biographers of Cromwell have always said, and and start afresh. And um, the most surprising thing for me was if you did that, you could start listening to the 16th century Tudor voices who said that Thomas Cromwell's father came from Ireland, not from England. He was Irish. And uh, we've yet to work out the significance of that extraordinary fact. Uh, that I've left that for other historians. But then these, these early obscure years and what happened to him next are so important. He went off to Italy. A teenager who was nobody went off to the real center of sophistication and culture in Europe at the time. England was on the edge. England was marginal. But Florence, there was the action. And that's where Thomas Cromwell went and mysteriously turned himself into the best uh, Italian Englishman when he came back to England. I call him the best Italian in all Tudor England. Mm. And that's really important to understand the rest of his career.
0: Chatting with... uh Dermot McCulloch here on Speaking of Writers. His book is Thomas Cromwell, A Revolutionary Life. Uh, You mentioned your research. First-hand materials in the British National Archives and the British Library included thousands of Cromwell's surviving papers, which took a decade to absorb. What was your research process to capture an accurate portrayal of Cromwell's life?
1: Well, in a sense, very simple, because a life is in a straight line. And um, you can look at these papers day by day, thanks to Victorian scholars, who, in an amazing achievement, um, took these papers and then created a, a printed summary of what they were in day-by-day order. They call it letters and papers, foreign and domestic, Henry VIII, and put other papers in as well, but the, the heart of the archive is Thomas Cromwell's papers. And so what I did was really quite simple. I started at the beginning and worked through to the end. And uh, was looking at these uh, day by day. I, I found that a lot of them were misdated, and so the Victorian editors blessed them, had put them in the wrong place. But I, in, in these days of electronic taking note-taking, could just put them in the right place, and the story began to take its own shape. Of course, it is never that simple, because not every fact, not everything that happens to you, is as important as something else. So, what the historian has to do is is find the shape, the importance, in this great conveyor belt of facts. And that's a fascination of doing history.
0: How has your personal relationship with Catholicism, and as an Anglican deacon, influenced the way you viewed Thomas Cromwell and his contributions to the Reformation?
1: Well, I, we all have biases, and I think it's important to recognize your biases. I think that the Reformation was, uh, in most respects, a good thing. Um, It it literally created me because my father was an Anglican priest and his father before him was an Anglican priest. Well, that wouldn't have happened if the Reformation hadn't happened. So very literally, I'm the creation of the Reformation. And uh, that puts me in a relationship to Catholicism, but it's not a relationship of hostility in any sense at all. I think it, 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 it just gives me a place to stand as I look at all the events of the Reformation. And that doesn't stop me seeing a lot of the Protestant stories profoundly discreditable. Uh, Protestants killed Catholics just as much as Catholics killed Protestants, and Protestants also killed other Protestants. So you you need to see all that uh, and and not simplify things. But again, it's it's a matter of seeing patterns, and if you create a pattern... Uh, seeing what judgments you can draw from that. And, and no story, and particularly a story of a person, is going to be the story of a complete villain or a complete hero, unless perhaps you're talking about Adolf Hitler. Uh, most people's stories are of a mixture, and that's, again, the fascination of biography, judging what the mixture is.
0: Chatting with Dermot McCulloch here on Speaking of Writers, his book is Thomas Cromwell, A Revolutionary Life. How did Thomas Cromwell's dedication to the Reformation help shape the U.S. as a Protestant power?
1: Because what he did with Henry VIII's break with Rome was turn it into a Protestant Reformation. Henry VIII was not a Protestant. Uh, In most respects, he agreed with the Pope more than he disagreed with the Pope, and he agreed with the Pope more than he uh, agreed with Martin Luther. Uh, What he did was break with the Pope take the Pope's powers in England as supreme head of the Church. He didn't need to make that into a Protestant Reformation at all. However, because Thomas Cromwell was so efficient and fixed things for him, he gave uh, Thomas Cromwell day-by-day powers within the Church of England, the new Church of England. He gave him a fancy title, Vice Gerent in Spirituals. Basically, he gave him the powers that Cromwell's old master, Cardinal Wolsey, had had before, before Wolsey's fall. And it was Cromwell who made this set of powers a vehicle for creating the Reformation. He set patterns for the English Reformation, which turned it towards the sort of Protestantism, which uh, would, in, in a paradoxical way, be that of the first English settlers in Virginia and New England. In some ways, particularly the New England settlers were rebelling against the Church of England, which Cromwell and um, the later Tudors had created. But that spirit of Protestantism was the same spirit as the one he had. So you can trace a line from Thomas Cromwell's pulling the English church into a Protestant mold through into what happened in the Protestant colonies of North America during the 17th century.
0: Dermot McCulloch, the book is Thomas Cromwell, A Revolutionary Life. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Pleasure.